Hey guys, it's Kelly and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. So today I have an extra special guest, a good friend of mine named Colleen that wanted to come on to share her story. So I hope everyone gives her as warm of a welcome as you give all of me. How are you tonight, Colleen? I am blessed. I am blessed. Ah, that's a different response than I usually get. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am. I am blessed. That's awesome. I feel blessed sometimes too. Other times I'm like, you know, it's ups and downs these days sometimes. Yep. So you uh, wanted to come on to share your story with your ex and the abusive situation that you went through. So my mic is your mic. Just start wherever you want to. Okay. Thank you for having me. Um, it is a pleasure and um, an honor to have anybody even interested in my story. You know, a lot of times as someone who's gone through what, what we go through, yeah, everybody wants to hear us. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, because we get stifled a lot, you know, we get told to be quiet a lot mm-hmm. and our opinions don't matter um, you know, as you're going through the gaslighting process with a narcissist, your even your thoughts become questionable because you're not even sure if you're remembering it correctly. Oh, I remember like telling therapists and psychiatrists, like I'm not remembering things correctly. Like that's how gaslit I was, was I didn't even know it. Yeah. And, um, and so I'm honored. I really am honored to have a chance to let my voice be heard. Oh, I'm and honored. To make, maybe oh, sorry. Help, you know, help somebody else yeah. in their struggles. And maybe my story can help them learn another way of how to, how to seek help and how to get help. Cause there's multiple ways to get help. And, uh, and so I just, I hope that my story helps somebody out there. Yeah, I'm sure it will. And I'm so honored that you chose my podcast to break your silence. And that is definitely what I'm doing. I mean, I've, I've told my parts of my story here and there. Um, but it was in the middle of the abuse. Yeah. It's not been since I've healed from it. So that's, it's different. This whole process of, uh, getting ready to tell my story, um, has been, it's been a, um, uh, it's been an experience all on its own. Yeah. Good, good, bad, and ugly. And then I was like, okay, I'm good. You know, like it's been, it's also been very, um, uh, revealing that, you know what? I'm good. I'm like, I'm in a really good place today. So I share, just remember that I'm not in that place anymore at all. And, and I've been, I've been able to come out of it and I don't even talk to him anymore. Like at all. We have no contact at all. Good. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I know people are always asking me if I still talk to my parents and I'm like, nope, not in 13 years. And I am not sorry about that at all. 
That was the best decision I ever made. No contact is a beautiful thing once you're able to actually accomplish it. It's hard at first, but once you get it done and then years go by, it's like, huh, so I'm peaceful and there's no chaos. I wonder what was causing it the whole time. Right. Right. And it's like, you know, so I'm, I'm in a different place than, than I was back then. I have struggled with it some because I have let go and moved on, but it's, so it's things I'm having to kind of like, I had to relive it a little bit, Yeah, but also been healing. It has been part of the healing process. And honestly, I don't think you ever stop fully healing from Mm -hmm. the things I think God has a way of teaching us at different phases and stages in our life. He pulls things not to remind us of our past, but to just let us know how far we've come. Yeah. And there might be something that we need to learn from what happened to us and that memory that's being pulled out. Um, there just might be something we need to you know, that we need to revisit in order for him to teach us something. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a person we need to forgive. Maybe mm-hmm. we just need else, you know? Um, but, uh, but today, you know, I have recovered and I am no longer a victim. I am victorious. Nice. And I love it. I'm victorious. That is what I am today. And I want I want to share with your listeners how I got to the point I am today. Um, but before I can tell you how I recovered, first, let me share a little bit about myself. Okay. Um, so I was raised in a Christian home in Southeast Texas in the Houston area in the suburbs. Uh, I am the youngest of three, the only girl. My brothers, or I, we are, uh, they are six and eight years older than me. So I was essentially even kind of an only child for a while, you yeah. know, in a sense. Um, but there was definitely some trauma that happened in my life early on. Um, my brothers were in a car accident when I was seven and they were 15 and 13. The 15 year old, 15 year old was driving at the time. And my middle brother, he was in the accident as well, but he walked away. He didn't walk away necessarily, but he recovered from his injuries pretty quickly after, after some healing. He had some ribs, I think that were broken. And I want to say maybe you know I mean it was it was serious but he recovered um and then my oldest brother however his injuries were a lot worse uh his injuries um they uh caused him to not be able to walk talk or even eat without all of his food being like made into baby food like kind of pureeing that was the only way he could eat. And That's this brother, it, it was hard. It was hard on our family. Um, he lived for four years until he passed away at the age of 19. 
Um, however, prior to the accident, um, this is the same brother that also at the age of five had molested me. You were five or he was five? I was five. Okay. 14 or so because it was the year prior to the accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember a whole lot from that happening. I remember some details, but it still, it still scarred me and yeah. it formed me into the person that I became early in my life. It yeah. doesn't define today, but it did have a lot to do with the choices that I made later, later on in life. Yeah. Um, but, and I have since forgiven him, like completely forgiven him. I'm not, um, it, it was, it stopped before the accident happened. Uh, we know that he went to a, like a retreat prior to the accident, like with our church mm-hmm. and spiritual things occurred. And, you know, so I think he was in a really good place before he died, before yeah. the accident he died so that gave us comfort our fan you know as a family that gave that gives me some comfort that you know maybe something happened to him and we just don't know we'll never know it's not here to ask and statistically it is possible like they say women that have been abused as children are more likely to get in abusive relationships and men that are abused are more likely to become abusers. So it is statistically possible. It is. Um, and my mother, she was a whole other issue in my life. Aren't they all? Uh, she, yes, they are. <laughs> she was diagnosed in later in life with bipolar schizophrenia. And I think she had borderline personality disorder. Yeah, back in I the, don't, back then I don't, it wasn't a huge thing. So no. and so but just looking back at the things she did and the way she acted about things and yeah. just different movies that I've watched where people have had those issues. I'm like, yeah, that was my mom. My mom acted like that. Yeah. Um, I was very close to my dad, still am. My mom actually passed away in 2017. Mm, and so sorry. It's okay. Um, that's okay. You know, I, I about two weeks before she passed away, um, I, I got a chance to make amends with her, and she had a God moment before she passed away, and I remember mm-hmm. walking into her room, and she just had this like excited look on her face and I was like are you okay she's like I am so happy I talked to Jesus today and I'm like you did (laughs) (laughs) and she about two weeks later she passed away so I really think she did make peace with God and she was ready to go when it was time yeah and so you know I that gave me a lot of peace about her passing mm-hmm. and uh she had dementia but she had um heart her heart is what she actually passed from yeah. she had like 
heart failure. But my dad, he's still alive and kicking. <laughs> he is my daddy. Was mine, unfortunately. <laughs> I was very naive when I was younger, thinking that everybody had a daddy like I did. And yeah. I know now I did that not everybody had that kind of dad. So I am very blessed to have him as my dad. See, and, and I thought the same thing about my dad, too, <laughs> except <laughs> the very opposite. Very opposite. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very blessed to to be to to still have him in my life. Is he looking and, to uh, adopt a 40 year old woman? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um and so let's see and then but it all of those things though what marks you a lot of times the negative stuff yeah that's what that's what that forms your your mind that's what traumatizes you um my dad did work a lot so even though he was a really good dad he still was not around a whole lot and so and he had a lot going on with his son that was sick and all of that. I mean, he was trying to pay for, you know, what was going Medical on. Medical bills and all yeah. the bills and everything that came up with that. So it was hard. It was really hard for him. And so it is safe to say that from all of the trauma that I went through growing up, I had some issues with anxiety, depression, low self-esteem. I never felt pretty enough. I never felt thin enough. I was my own worst enemy. Yeah. And you are drop dead gorgeous, by the way. No one can see her, but I can. <laughs> Thank Just you. Just want to add that. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I had finally began having some confidence around high school. Uh, had a couple of boyfriends. I was a late bloomer, though. I was a wallflower in high school. I had two boyfriends in high school. Neither of them went to school with me. And they were both during the course of my senior year. I moved. Um, after high school, I went into my career as a hairstylist. I've done that now for 28 years. Not even a year later, I moved about four hours away from home with my second steady boyfriend who was 10 years older than me. Yeah. I don't know. I do not know. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I look back at that time and I'm like, Oh, I know what I was doing. I was running. I was running. Yeah. For my That's what I was doing. I was rebelling and thought I could handle being a grown up. But not even 11 months later, I came back home after my parents ended their 31 year marriage. Oh, wow. That was a big uh, event in our lives. They had, they had been together a long time. They didn't, they hid everything from us. So mm. I didn't, we didn't know that there were any problems. And so when yeah. my, I had a divorce, we were like, what? Why? Simpler time back then. Nobody talked about that. Now it's, you know, if you're fighting with your husband, it's all over social media. Everybody knows. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but that is true. Yeah. This is about the time I went into the party scene with my cousin. 
I had a wonderful job at a salon. I felt admired and I was finally making some money. The night I met my ex-husband, I was visiting the hometown I grew up in, hanging out with one of my best friends. In fact, she was in our wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was a sucker for anyone sitting by themselves. Yeah, I'm that way too. (laughs) I introduced myself to him with the help of a friend, which my best friend was with me. Even though the first night was harmless and only ended with a kiss and giving him my number, there was already a huge red flag being shown off that night. He behaved himself, however. He was not even supposed to be there. He was on his way home from outpatient rehab from getting probation from his first DWI. That's a a winner. Big winner right there. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) How to be the target. If it was a target, stop sign, whatever. A red light, it was there. And the months that followed, of course, we went through a honeymoon phase. Uh, We were together several times a week. He rarely drank because he couldn't. He was on probation. Yeah. He sang to me while sitting outside on the bed of my truck. And yes, he sang sang very well. He had a decent job and rarely did I ever pay for anything. He behaved himself. He he made me fall out over hills. Uh, man that's singing oh man i want to be that is like melting i know and he sounded good so it'll get you every time it does and we were that couple at the bar when the alcohol hit him all he wanted to do was argue about everything Mm -hmm. i became his babysitter and it was no longer fun to go out yeah i I tried to get drunk with him, but I could never keep up with him. If I did, then who would drive us home? Yeah. It it was only on the weekends. When we finally told his mom we were engaged, she asked me at least six times, are you sure? What? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Wow. At least six times, are you sure? Because she knew how her son was. She God, knew. I wish my mother-in-law was that self-aware. <laughs> she knew. I have the worst mother-in-law ever. She's I didn't. Like a... But I do now. Yeah. <laughs> I had plenty of warning from God, even that he wasn't who he planned for me. About two weeks into the relationship, I was driving out to his house When I heard a loud voice in my head, and no, I wasn't talking to myself, say, (laughs) turn around, don't ever go back. Wow. And I ignored it, and I kept driving. His room at his mom's house was filthy. Who do you think cleaned that room? Like, how old was he when he was living at home with his mom? Well, he was like 28. Oh, okay. But in in college, like he had been away okay. at college and then come home. Um, but he he's one of those career college guys that never graduated. Ah, uh, yeah. 
the no. ones that just don't want to stop going to frat parties. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And know the type well. Stuff. Yeah, they got they got tired of paying for school that he wasn't graduating from and they made him come home. So basically that's what happened. And, you know, it was little stuff at first and I was taking care of him. I, he rarely did anything for me. His room was filthy. Who do you think cleaned it? I did. I learned how to cook his mom's cooking. They were Hispanic. Just let you know. That's entirely different kind of cooking. Now, I'm grateful for it now. Oh, <laughs> I'm totally yeah. grateful. <laughs> they, they are like amazing cooks. Yes. I lived an hour away from him at first. So who do you think drove to who? I did. You did. Mm-hmm. One-sided. But yep. you never think about it. You don't. You don't yeah. think about it. He wanted to live where we grew up. So instead of taking into consideration the clientele that I was building, yeah, I moved back to the area I grew up in, which I wasn't like, I wasn't totally against it. You know, I hadn't been doing hair for that, that long at the time. Yeah. So, you know. And I'm grateful today. I'm grateful that I did. And I had to start fresh with a new client base. Everything we bought in the house from the first house we had, the way we decorated it, how we cooked, was everything that he wanted and what he liked, his traditions. It was all about his family. Yeah. I told myself I liked it too. And did you though? No, not really. Okay. Not really. <laughs> my, ex- my ex-husband was the same way. He um he did carpet insulation and the people that like get carpet somehow like giving furniture away to the people doing carpet. So he was always bringing home furniture and I'm like, that is ugly. He's like, but it's gold plated. I'm like, and that makes it ugly. <laughs> but it, it always had to be him, his stuff. Oh. You know, this the decorations he likes. Now my husband lets me do whatever I want. Yep, same here. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Um, I didn't get much say in anything. Even our wedding was centered around his culture, which was actually beautiful, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, When I made a vow in his mind, that was it. (laughs) Yeah. Even when we had our kids baptized as infants, there is a promise you make to raise them Catholic. Yeah. He held that ahead for a decade. Six months before we got married, we got in a huge fight. We had just gotten home to his mom's and we were outside arguing. He used his body weight to push me to the ground, knocking the wind out of me. Mm-hmm. After I back up, got my stuff together, I told him we were done. And went home in tears streaming down my face. I didn't tell anyone except for my, one of my friends. I was so scared to disappoint everyone. This would have been engagement number two. And this off. was after the marriage. Right. Well, this is before. This is before the oh, marriage. Okay. A couple of, this is a couple of incidents that happened before we even got married. Yeah. And I had been engaged to the one that I moved away from with we were engaged for a short time so this would have been engagement number two broke off 
and I was too embarrassed to, and it was six, my parents had spent all that money his parents had, I mean, it was a big wedding, very big wedding. And so, uh, I mean, and back then I want to say it cost our parents around 12 to $15,000. That would have been like 30 today, you know, like in today's time. I don't mean we weren't that old, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you know. my my first wedding was I think like thirty five thousand. My second with my current husband, we spent spent sixty bucks and got married at the magistrate's <laughs> office. I like it better that way. All <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, and uh, so I just you know I did forgive him because I was I was. I was too scared. I was too scared of what my parents were going to say and everybody else. And so I caved when he apologized. The second incident, the second incident pre wedding days was going to an outdoor concert for George Strait. It was a big concert. It was all outdoor. Love George Strait. Stars, all the big country, 90s country stars they were all gonna be there and so <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> it was a you know it was fun however the night before i got food poisoning and i had been up all night Ooh. and for those that cannot see me i am fair-skinned freckles my natural hair color is strawberry blonde. So you put hot sun. It was in the middle of the summer. No. And dehydrated. That is a bad, bad. That's a recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, had, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I was sick. I didn't need to go at all. Like, I had no business going. Or at least going later in the day giving me a chance to sleep and get some rest, that would have been ideal. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure none of that bad. mattered. Right? None of that mattered. Yeah. And I knew if I had woke up that morning and asked him not to go, I would have never heard the end of it. And so he went, well, who ended up in the emergency tent that day? I did. <laughs> and I wasn't the only one. It was really hot that day. It was like the hottest day of the yeah. summer on record that year. So oh, geez. every that tent was like filled with people that were, they were overheated. Yeah. And after I, they had to douse me down with cold, you know, cold, wet towels. It felt amazing. And, you know, I got the Gatorade and all that going. Um, I was like, we're going, we're leaving. I ain't staying. You're going to take me home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm done. But he was selfish and he was out of control. But what did I, I married him anyway. Despite all of that, I still married him. Well, I imagine there was good days in between the bad. So it's. There were, he was funny. He was charming. As most narcissists are. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thing. Uh, I loved his family. His family was so good to me. Um, 
for the most part. <laughs> there was a few things, but for the yeah. most part, they were really Much of the first two years of our marriage was spent with him at the bars on the weekends. I went with him most of the time because I could. We didn't have any kids at that time, so yeah. I could go. I thought having a child would tame him. Mm. We all that. Oh, it'll that'll calm him down. Of course it didn't. It actually made it worse. We both made okay money, but most of that went to his drinking. He yeah. was a big huge flirt. I can never prove it, fully prove it, but I know he cheated on me those during those years. I caught him at the bar once kissing on some chick behind the big Christmas. It was his best friend's girlfriend at the time. Wow. I mean, it was just, and it was like incident after incident. Yeah. And in between that, Beckled good good times, obviously, but you can only handle so much after so long. And with my... With my ex-husband, that he was always saying he was going home. This was before we got married. And one time I was out with my friends and I saw his car at a strip club, which I never cared about strip clubs. I just walked in, walked up next to him, ordered a shot, took the shot, put it down in front of him. I was like, put it on his tab and walked out. Oh, he was so mad. (laughs) I got a little ballsy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i think i might have bought there, a lap dance too i can't remember oh. there was always a reason he didn't want to go like to my family's house um yeah. they didn't like him they knew i wasn't happy and so at some point i just chose not to go anymore and during the holidays and stuff i just you know i isolated myself and my only friends i really had were my coworkers. yeah you know i could be myself at work you know i could be who i was at work but when i went home it was a totally different world yeah when our first child our son was two he got dwi number two he got probation and had to pay out a fine also outpatient rehab again this time i had to attend with him occasionally the first family information night i went to um i went to i remember sitting in a room sitting set up kind of like a classroom yeah they were talking they were talking about codependency i had tears streaming down my face by the end of class I came to the realization that I was with him out of my own addiction, the need to fix him. Yeah. Yep. I think <laughs> I a, lot of, all, a lot of yep. women can relate to that. I know I sure can. Yeah. I had always thought if I can fix him, then we would be happy. My codependency came from all the trauma I went through growing up. I tried to get a few books to help me get better. I read through some of them a little bit. At this point, he wasn't ready to admit he was an alcoholic. He would not hit him his bottom for a few more years. When yeah. I got pregnant with a brush in 2000, 
I thought this would make him want to change. He wanted kids just as much as I did. We planned both of our kids. It wasn't like I sprung it on him. He was so excited while I was pregnant both times. God blessed us with one of each. Our son, who was first born, was by C-section. Actually, they both were. I knew there was a chance that I might not be able to give birth naturally from the beginning. The first baby is always difficult. It's always hard. (laughs) And that's what everyone told me. And like my oldest was four and a half hours of labor. I ended up having to have an emergency C-section because she was footling breech. So when the second time came around, I'm like, I don't need any of the drugs. I could do it again. It's not going to be longer than four and a half hours. Yeah, it was 22 and a half hours. She wow. was mean. Yeah, my second was harder to get out than the other one. Mm. She's She didn't get any easier after she was born. I love my daughter. she's just like me she's too much like me (laughs) while I was pregnant with him I was always very anxious about if his dad would be sober for the birth he spent a lot of time especially that first night I was in the hospital babies he was at the bar while you were at the hospital yes he was yes he was I wish mine would have gone. He was a pain in the ass when he was there. (laughs) (laughs) Babies can sense everything their mothers can. Oh, yeah, they can. Yep. Sometimes I wonder if that didn't contribute to some of his issues that he faced later. I had extreme. I'm going to say they do say that. Um, the two most dangerous times for a woman that's being abused is when she's pregnant and when she's leaving. And one of the reasons is when they're pregnant, they're always consumed with the baby and the abuser tends to get jealous because they're losing the attention. Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, so, so he was, he was very colicky. Um, I was, I suffered from postpartum depression. I had no help from his dad in the early years. It took quite a while to get him to sleep through the night. If I asked for help from anyone, it made me a bad mother. In his eyes, I was expected to cook, clean, raise an infant, work full time, and play babysitter to a grown man when he drank. Wow. I did everything how to do to keep our son away from the rages on the weekends he spent a lot of times at my mother-in-law's looking back I should have stayed with him over there I could have that would have kept me from knowing what his dad was doing I was deep into not not being mentally capable of separating myself from him I thought if I could be there at every moment, I could to yell at him. And to stop (laughs) him. One day, he would actually hear my words of desperation and he would stop drinking. In Al-Anon, there is a list of do's and don'ts. And I did everything they suggested not to do. Yeah, I think a lot (laughs) of us do. 
I never actually yeah. went to Al Anon, but I've read about it and it's I did. Uh, did all the opposite things too. It was so difficult to function like a normal mom. Now you can add mom guilt on top of the list of things I was dealing with at the time. The year after our son turned two, he talked me into having another baby. We had just moved into what would end up being our home for the next eight years. I had found a house that needed a lot of work done to it, but it was a really good deal. And my father-in-law helped us buy the house and he helped pay for all of the work the house needed to be done to it also before we moved into it. it but it was mine. It was actually something that I wanted and they pretty much did everything I asked as far as yeah. like the remodel was my house <laughs> yeah I <love> house. <laughs> it was everything mm -hmm. I wanted so he took advantage of the dopamine that I had going on from the yeah. from the excitement of the new house and talked me into having another baby and about two and a half months later I got pregnant with baby number two she our daughter I honestly thought the odds of us to have a girl were very slim. He was one of three boys. I was only one girl, the girl of three kids. My brother has five kids, only one girl. <laughs> so I really didn't think I was going to have a girl, but we did. When we found out we were having a girl, we were both elated. I was bound and determined she would not have the same issues as her brother. So I did everything different while I was pregnant with her. I, I had begun to learn how to let go and allow God to control, to take control of my life and allow God to fix my ex-husband. I had finally, I had kind of sort of started to learn how to do that. Yeah. It takes a long time to learn. Did Al-Anon really teach you that? No, I hadn't started going to Al-Anon at this point. Okay. I didn't do later. But I think some of the things that I had learned from the codependency books, yeah, I had things and I had just started to really just let go and realize, and I didn't, I didn't want things to affect our daughter like they did our son. Yeah. And so I was just determined. Um, when we had her in the fall of that year, I had learn from her first to sleep as much as possible overall she was easier than I love girls my state of mind was different i had determination and backbone um she was my sidekick she <laughs> but daddy's little girl she was the only girl um besides my niece and our immediate family and she was the only girl for my mother-in-law so she oh, wow. was She's very spoiled. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, my son is, out of me and my brothers, he's the only boy. And uh, yeah. he will never meet any of them. But he, um, yeah. it was funny because yeah. um, my oldest daughter, when her sister was born, she wanted a brother. So when her sister was born in October, she asked Santa that year for a brother. So now whenever he gets on my nerves, not that he gets on my nerves, but, you know, being a mom, I just message his sister. Hey, you wanted this. This was your Christmas present. 
come take care of your brother. I want to take a nap. <laughs> I loved his family. His family was very good to me. Yeah. We would go down the reunions. His family was from the Corpus Christi area. And so the only time we really like did vacations was when we would go to family reunions. And they were so good to me. I had an aunt that I absolutely adored and they loved me too. It was the only time I could actually let loose and have other people to really watch the kids and, and really enjoy, uh, enjoy life is when we went out there. And so I really enjoyed his family. That was one of the most positive things about about being married to him was his family yeah until the day there was one day that really set things in motion for me um spiritually and just you know like kind of headed towards a downward spiral to a certain degree I asked her I asked his mom I asked her one day if she had ever felt overwhelmed when she was going to school to become an RN, raising three boys, basically on her own, because their dad was never around. She mm-hmm. flat out said, never. <laughs> that broke me emotionally and spiritually. I realized I would never be able to be her. And that's what he wanted. He was never, or I was never going to be enough. I needed... What is it with abusers? Like, I know with like my ex-husband, like when I would cook, well, that's not how my mother did it. Okay. So go to her house. This (laughs) is how I do it. And I mean, I'm, I'm Italian. So a lot of my recipes are just in my head, passed down generations. And I'm just like, that's not how she did it. And one time I didn't go with him to Thanksgiving dinner. I made it myself. He didn't want to stay. So I'm like, go. Then he ate my turkey and was like, it's so good. It's so much better than my mom's. No, <laughs> no, I did it wrong. You told me the whole time. Go to your mother's. Get out of here. <laughs> uh-huh. But it is. It's but- like a lot of other survivors that I've talked to. It's the same thing. It was always like, be exactly like my mom. Be exactly like my mom. And it's just like, I wonder if it's like the father that kind of did something to make their brains all twisted like that. His dad was very absent, very yeah. absent. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, very absent. So they divorced uh, the year before we had kids. So like within a year or so after we got married, they divorced. Mm. They got a divorce. It was it was not a good divorce at all. Um, mm. Yeah. But at the time, I really needed someone to tell me, yes, it's overwhelming. Yes, it's okay to not be okay. But instead, yeah. I act opposite. When our son was around three, we had our daughter. Behavior, The behavior problems began with him. He was extremely jealous of his sister. And here, he was kicked out of three daycares. Oh, jeez. Wow. And, uh, we did finally find the one that was willing to work with him. Yeah. Her name was Mary, and she was amazing. And she was a godsend. 
She had a small Christian daycare right in our neighborhood, and our son thrived there right up until kindergarten. (laughs) And then it all fell. Yeah, then it all fell fell apart. But (laughs) (laughs) when our kids were three and six, I had finally had enough of his drinking and raging. He would come home two, three o'clock in the morning, waking up, screaming at me, backing me into corners when I try to get away. The kids were usually either at their grandma's or asleep. I did everything I could to make sure they did not get the brunt end, and he never woke them up. He was active with them Monday through Thursday and usually all day on Sundays. He resented the fact that I worked on Saturdays, not because he wanted me home, but because I couldn't be there faster so he could go out drinking. We shielded them as much as possible. Every aspect aspect of my life was under his control. Yeah. If um, if I wasn't home from work on time, he'd get mad at me and give me the silent treatment the rest of the night. And for those that don't know and understand <sighs> hairstyling world. Just because you close at seven doesn't mean you get to leave the salon at seven o'clock. Oh, yeah. It's not like that. It is not a corporate world. Yeah. He was like the I love when the clients get mad and they're like, you said it was only going to be an hour. Like you see in the mirror. I'm not finished. (laughs) If and it's like a lot of times they'd be like, I mean, I, I you I could stop right now if you'd like. Yeah. I mean, didn't yeah, if I and if I didn't call him, oh my gosh. And if I and then I got to where I was calling and said, Hey, I'm gonna be a little bit late. And he'd still give me the silent treatment. So you know I hate the silent treatment. It's I think it's like one of the most psychologically damaging things. It's so damaging. I still, it's it's going to sound so stupid, but I still struggle if my dog doesn't listen to me. Like if I tell him to get off the bed, like I can uh-huh. fear, feel the rage inside, like building up. And I have to like tell myself, like he's just a dog. Like he's not doing it on purpose, but it, it is a silent treatment. I think God, I really think it, it sticks with you the longest because then like anytime anyone's silent, it's just like infuriating. Yep. Our our sex life was minimal at best. He cre- I believe he created the term whiskey dick. I don't so even know if, what that is. Oh, when know, you're too drunk. And yes. Okay. Yes. That might be a southern term. It yeah. just might be. <laughs> it just might be a southern term. I mean, I grew up in the age of limp biscuit, so that's what we called oh. it. <laughs> a decade between us i think yeah. <laughs> that's okay <laughs> and i i grew up going to you know dance halls and stuff so you know yeah. but that i where that comes from i don't know so if he was drinking then guess what but the next day after i was mad and hurt by all the things he had said the night before he expected me to be ready to go for a marathon. <laughs> oh God! At first, it was fun. Heck, that's how our two kids got here. 
However, it gets old after a while. Yeah, it does. And then it becomes a turn. It turns you off. You're like, you don't want nothing to do with them. And so, you know, the, but after the years, years and years of that, you're just, you've had enough. Yeah. And Mother's, Mother's Day weekend of 2006, I have finally had enough. My mom was staying the night with us. So we could spend the following day together with both of our moms. When he got home that night, he decided she was going to be the one to yell at that night. Having your mother? Yes. He woke her up because the room that she stayed in there was connected to the kitchen. And so, yeah. And I was having no part of that. I was like, nope, uh uh-uh. Nope, not doing it. You're not going to yell at my mom. Yeah. lot but she at least she loved the grandkids and she you know what I mean she she did what was right when it came down to it you know yeah um and I had it was the first time I was done I was just completely done and in 2006 it was the first time in six years I completely walked away for the first time (laughs) it wasn't done but it was I had nothing left to give. I was I was sick in every way, emotionally, spiritually. I needed help. I remember reading in one of the codependency books that there was help somewhere for us, like an inpatient place I could possibly go for a while. I wanted to escape, get my self-esteem back, my self-worth, get a backbone again. I had nothing left to give anymore. I no. wanted to leave in, but I didn't know how. Do you think Our you son- were doing it for you or for him more? Say that again. Do you think you were doing it more for you or to be the better wife for him at that point? To be the better wife. Yeah. It was about it was about getting better so I could divorce him. Oh, okay. It was about that. It was about, like, I needed a chance to get better, be a better, you know, get all this emotional stuff out of the way so I could be a better person. And then I can, I can actually face him and go, go through with the divorce. That's really what did. That's not what happened. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? (laughs) No, I wanted to escape, get my self-esteem back my self-worth and get my backbone again I had nothing to give anymore I wanted to leave him and the only way I knew how to try to help myself was to get away out from out from underneath him for a while you know um his rage um was just it was I I had just had enough our son was a big handful also at the time he had a lot of rage issues and his behavior were way more than I could handle on my own at the time especially in the state I was in I knew that if I got some help or at least got some time away so I could get some clarity and just think and process everything then I, I could be a better mom and I'd be able to handle him better, you know? 
Do you um, think his behaviors kind of triggered you in a way? Maybe like kind of reminded you of your ex? And maybe that's when, what the struggle was? Yes. When he got older, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I believe that he was doing these things because that's all he knew. Yeah, he learned know, behavior. He didn't know how to process his own thoughts. He, mm-hmm. he was chaos. He saw his dad drink. He saw his dad rage. Yeah. His sister doesn't remember any of that because she was three when he sobered up. Yeah. So he doesn't remember her dad that way at all. But yeah. he does. So I gave him an ultimatum, basically. Yeah. And I had done it before, but this time it was different. And he knew it was. That's why he went to AA for the first time. And it stuck. <laughs> After good. the first I saw a change in him that I had never seen. So I took a chance. And I told him what I needed from him. I needed him to take the kids just temporarily while I took a breather and got some help. I had no idea what that meant at the time. I wasn't making any plans. I was dealing with what was in front of me at each moment. I had been staying at my mom's who lived just around the corner from our home. I could have moved in with her, even if it had just been temporary. Yeah. During during that conversation with him, all he heard was that I was going to let him have the kids. Oh, he didn't of course hear. he did. Yeah. He didn't hear anything else. Yeah. He used that against me for the next six, six years. I didn't leave him that time. In fact, I decided to stay rather than make him think that's what I wanted. In fact, uh, in fact, I decided to stay, um, or it was not at all what I had said. He took word my words out of context all the time. And yep, turn- they always do. Yeah, and then turn around and use it against me. During the last few years of our marriage, there was not a week that would go by that I did not hear what a horrible mother I was for wanting to leave the kids with him. Dude, that's not what I was going to do. <laughs> that's not what I wanted. That's not what I said. But of course, he, he didn't want to listen to anything I had to say after that. Yeah. Um, and then during that next six years, our son would be the focus. Focus of things when our marriage wasn't. He had a lot of behavior issues at school. We had every test ran on him we could. A full psych evaluation was done on him. He spent a lot of time in ISS, which is in school suspension. I loved ISS. (laughs) It was weird. In ISS, I got to just sit there and do work without anyone else around me. I loved it. He did end up um, in in a hospital twice. He did two different Um, his rage was focused on me, not because I had done anything. He was angry at his dad and I was the closest one to him. He felt he could lash out at. And it's 
It's probably a safety thing too. Like he could let, like he felt safe lashing out to you rather than yeah. to his father. Because it was just the way he was doing it. The way he was doing it was wrong. He yeah. just knew he wanted to talk about, he wanted to get out all that anger he had built up. He just was not doing it in a safe way. Yeah. And we tried, we tried a lot of things. He did uh, Taekwondo for a while. We did soccer. Um, and Taekwondo I said, mom. yes, I was the soccer mom for a while. <laughs> <laughs> One time I had to drive, my car was in the shop and I had to drive my mother's minivan. And every time I met someone, I'm like, I swear I'm not a soccer mom. This isn't my car. <laughs> and I have the minivan to go with it, with it too. Nice. At least you did it right. <laughs> I don't have one of those anymore, but yes. <laughs> I don't need one of those anymore. <laughs> but uh, I honestly was not sure if I could handle him by myself. In 2012, after I had begun to suspect he was having an affair, I even, I had even caught him in several lies. He ultimately came home from AA one evening telling me he didn't love me enough to be married to me any longer. I knew it was about her. I knew he had found, finally found someone else who he thought was better than me. Somehow, someone who had no history. He, he had no history with her. So they had no they had no um what um they 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 had no history so they had nothing for him to like get mad at her about or you know yeah like all was... those times when he would come home drunk he had he didn't have those things to use against her right exactly you know he, didn't Even have he came home drunk and it was his fault exactly yeah <laughs> um i knew he had finally found the one he told me about their friendship early on. He was breaking a lot of rules in the AA community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of rules. She, she was, was in AA with him. She was in AA with oh. him. Yeah. She didn't even have a year when they first started wow. doing whatever. And he tried to sponsor her. What? Really? Yes. Men aren't allowed to sponsor women. Thank you it's like that's why I think that's why I struggled so much with AA when I was in recovery because I just I don't do women I don't trust them but it was every sponsor a, I had was horrible they proved why they're not supposed to do that it's because you can end up in a relationship having an affair breaking yeah. up family that's basically what happened well and it's like you it's a lot of times when people get sober or clean you just transfer one addiction to the other and sometimes that addiction is a person yes so that's that's at least what they said when i went to aa so you weren't yeah. allowed to date you weren't allowed to have uh, mm -hmm. male sponsors if you were a female vice versa yep uh, he knew he knew he was breaking a lot of rules and he was full of resentment and hate towards me for something he had created inside his own mind. I had given up everything to try to make it work. 
But when he said those words to me, I felt sadness. Yes, of course I did. But I also felt relief, like a weight had lifted off of me because if he, if he had fallen for someone else, that meant I would finally be free. Yeah. In the months that followed, I made some decisions I'm not proud of. If I could go back and do it all over again, the outcome of the divorce would be, would have looked very different. But I think I, he, I think he would have caved and he would have come crawling back if I had fought and I was scared he do that. So I didn't, I didn't fight. I accepted what he wanted on top of all that. His new girlfriend was a lawyer. She, course which is highly unethical she could have lost her license if i have yep i could have complained and she would have lost her license i he had me thinking i had no power he lied to me about everything i blindly believed him i was severely gaslighted and manipulated through the entire divorce yeah while we raided we were doing a week on and a week off with our kids. They were doing so much better or they're as best as they could be given the yeah. situation. Our son was 11 and our daughter was eight. I was still checking her in every night, reading her stories before bed. I was, I got to see her every day, um, helping her get ready. After about a month later, after the divorce was final, we had agreed to put our on in the decree itself. He was the custodial parent. We would do traditional custody. This was only there to fall back on. Or so I was told. Yeah. A month later, about a month later, he called me to his office at work and informed me he we would be doing what the paperwork said instead of what he had we had been doing. Mm. just in case I decided to take him back to court and he always held money over my head always as long as I helped with school purchases and medical bills then he would never take me to court over child support it was at that moment I realized it was all about control yeah I I did talk to another lawyer and I learned a lot Mm. I went from about our divorce to being very angry I realized I had more power than what I had been gaslighted into thinking by that point the damage had been done to the kids and I was broke not just inside but I was like broke I had emotionally broken yeah only horses do that to you rather than fighting him I chose to stay as a to chose to keep as much peace as possible i didn't want to drive the kids through more drama they had been through enough and it was time for me to heal so i took this time that i had when i didn't have the kids at first i was going to church i participated in a women's retreat it was helping me a whole lot however i'm I was married. One of the things I did to help save the marriage <laughs> is I chose to become become what? It broke up a little bit. 
him Catholic. Okay. While we were we were married, one of the things I did was I became Convert. Catholic. Um, because I thought, oh, maybe this will save it. Because <laughs> I wasn't when we got. I wasn't for a long time. Yeah. I was raised very different. I was raised in a non-denominational charismatic home. I was saved at five years old and baptized. I attended Christian camp during the summers from the age of seven till I was 14. I was heavily influenced by God all throughout my life. I was trying to decide which direction spiritually I needed to go. After all, I wasn't the same person. I didn't know who I was. I was single for the first time in a total of 13 years. Wow. I had gone through a I had gone through a 70 pound weight loss. It's called the divorce diet. Right. <laughs> That's about the only thing they're good for. <laughs> well, I was, I have Hashimoto, so I struggle with my weight because my thyroid is so sluggish. And I always joke with my husband. I'm like, can we get divorced? And he's like, why? I'm like, because everyone loses weight when they get divorced. He's like, but we're still going to live together. I'm like, yeah, but. It's just, it's, I think it's a mentality thing. He, it is. He's not going for it, though. <laughs> I had a level of confidence I had never had. He wasn't in the bars anymore. And I realized I had freedom to do what I wanted. Oh, you went bar hopping, didn't you? And, and I made <laughs> use of it. <laughs> I wanted to be loved and cared for. I knew I wanted something different. I just had no idea what that was. I needed yeah. to feel and appreciated. After my divorce, God moved, had moved a lot of mountains to help me get into my own apartment. I was nice. only five kids. I had a steady job. I had been at the salon where I was for a very long time. In fact, I'm still there. Nice. I clientele I needed to do well on my own but that was about the time that the loneliness set in mm -hmm. and I, I feel like like after my divorce I realized the majority of my friends were just his friends yeah, so anyone yeah like everyone I reached out to was like oh you're the ex and I'm like I've been friends with you for eight years but yep. and they weren't mine. They were his. I was just accepted or whatever the word is. Exactly. I didn't recognize myself in the mirror. I hated who I was. Yeah. Who, who he had made me believe that I was. He played with my emotions. He used the kids to control me. I went from being able to see my kids every day to only getting to see them first third and fifth weekends and during the week one night a week there was a void in my life I could not fill instead of what I should have done at that point and looked for a church of my own I sank into depression I was grieving the loss of my children I went through the empty nest thing when they were 8 11 I joined plenty of fish match and Christian mingle you name it, I joined it. <laughs> I was definitely looking for love in all the wrong places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of things I am not proud of during the first three years after the divorce. 
I was so alone and it all just hit me at once. I dated a few men, was in a couple of relationships during that time period, but they were all more of the same liars, cheaters, married or players. Jeez. I, <laughs> well, I, I, know, like, I was, I was so used to that when I was introduced to my husband, he was deployed at the time and I was just going to be like his pen pal. And it was yeah. my friend's brother's best friend. And when okay. she showed me, she's like, he's single. I'm like, is he single, single or like military single where <laughs> separated? And she's like, oh no, he's single, single. Now I'm like, <laughs> how was he single for so long? Like he's such a good man. But right? it's I love the, oh, yeah, I'm married, but we're separated. We don't live together anymore. And but we still live together for the kids. It's like, really? Yep. I got so tired of being used, though. Yeah. Before at before I met who is now my husband, I was in a relationship with someone who had a daughter. And I fell in love with her and so did my kids. The only reason I stayed with him as long as I did was because of her. When I got out of that relationship or what I got out of that relationship was something I really needed at the time. He went to church and it got me back in church. That's good. I was reading my Bible again, praying, seeking after the Holy Spirit. What it also did for me was strengthen my backbone. This guy, that guy broke me financially, but what he did was make me realize what I didn't want. I made a list, a list of qualities I was looking for in a husband. Did you actually write I it down? Like, do you have it. a copy of it still? I don't think I have a copy of it anymore. I wish I did. I was curious. Have I'm just curious how many check marks your current husband has checked. I mean, he checks them all now. Nice. Like, <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. Uh, I can just, I, I'm sorry. Like, I just picture you with like a clipboard on your first just, date with your husband. Like, so blah, 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 blah. Okay, check. <laughs> I did. I was like, nope. I took the list and then I put it in my Bible <laughs> and I began praying more, walking in my neighborhood more, praising Jesus and seeking his face, wanting his guidance. I began asking him to remove everyone in my life. Okay. I'm warning everybody. Now, when you ask God to remove people out of your life, he's going to do it. And in it's not weird ways to want out of your life. It's who he needs out of your life. But I promise it's good stuff because what comes after is amazing when he does that. So within no time, that guy and her and his daughter were out of my life. But so were some of my friends that honestly surprised me that they needed to go as well. God began removing everything out of my life I didn't need. I had started looking for a church in the area I lived. I was ready to make some big changes. That's when I went to my phone to delete the dating apps. Yeah. I was just going to be and let God handle the rest. Did you I actually delete your accounts? Like, can I still find them? 
Just curious. I I I couldn't hear you. What was that? Yes, I did. (laughs) I deleted him. (laughs) Yep, I did. And so did he. (laughs) We both did. Uh, But yes. I wonder if I I ever deleted my Plenty of Fish. It might still be out there. It might. I don't know. I don't even know. Is, Is it even out there? Is it available? Like, is there a Plenty of Fish anymore? I don't even know. I don't know. Uh, oh, I celebrate I... 10 years in two weeks, so it yeah. might be. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I had even swallowed my pride and asked my dad if I could move in with him and his wife at this point. I was making plans to start completely over and to just be single until God saw fit to organically put someone into my life. That is when I went to go do this. <laughs> delete my profile I ran across who would become my husband I saw his profile with his kids and something made me stop I sent him a message to tell him how happy his kids look to be with him yeah nothing more and he replied and we began a long conversation that ended up over the phone talking into the night He invited me for coffee the next day. I agreed to meet with him for coffee. That evening after I dropped my kids off, on my way to his house, I prayed and I asked God to give me a sign if he was to remain in my life, to show me somehow if he was the one or even a possibility, he would see right through the walls that I had built all around me. He would also be able to see the real me that I was hiding from everyone. So it was just those words that started your, which is weird because with my husband, the first message I sent to him is, I know you don't know who I am, but you're really hot, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Like, how did we find the loves of our lives with like the simplest sentence? Prayer, that prayer that I said on my way, that's really important. So yeah, that's really important. The moment we said hello, I immediately, he immediately wanted to hug me. At first, I was hesitant, but there was something about the way he asked. His hugs were, and still are, like a weighted blanket is to someone who uses it to sleep. Yeah. I got, I got lost in his hugs very quickly. I didn't tell him that though at first. <laughs> After talking to me, he looked at me and said, I only have one question to ask you. I want to get to know the woman that I see behind the walls. You clearly Ooh. have up trying to block me out. Deep. But I I wow. can see the beautiful, amazing, broken, hurt woman that you are. And I want to know whose ass do I need to kick that did this to you? Had you ever told him anything about your past or did he just know? Well, at that point, I had told him some things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hit the hype that night, but I didn't go like way into detail. Yeah. But then he said, you know, he said that he said that. Yeah, because with my husband, since he was deployed, we emailed so much that it was it was just so easy to tell him everything because I wasn't seeing a face. 
we had only started talking the night before. So it's not like I had had a whole lot of time to like tell him much. I just hit the high points, you know? And he, yep, he said that. And he had me hooked at that moment, but I didn't tell him that. He didn't know that, but I I kept that to my But he had me hooked at that moment because how would he have known what I had just prayed? He wouldn't have, unless it was God, like telling him what he needed to say to show me that he was the one. You never know. You never know. And so I, he helped me grow a backbone. He encouraged it all the time. He still does, you know, to ever regret it. No, not <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> like when me and my husband like were building the foundation, he was just like, you know, I know you struggle with anger because of everything, you know. So if you ever just need to yell, like I'm totally cool with that. And I mean, it was like instant regret, I think. <sighs> I don't yell at him, I just yell like in his direction. But I found it is actually very soothing to yell at the baseball players on the TV. It does the same effect. So I just constantly yell at sports. Hey, that'll work. (laughs) Within two weeks after we met, his mom and his stepfather were telling me he needed to do whatever he had to to make sure I didn't go anywhere. He had a rough past of his own. He was a widower of two special needs kids um, because of their mom's drinking while pregnant. When we met, they were six and 14. He was going through some CPS drama at the time that was caused by his ex's family. He pat she passed away in 2014, and then he had separate. They had separated through about three years prior to her passing away. He was working on trying to put to get life together for him and his kids, and for, for and her family hated him. They were always trying to control every aspect of her life, including their marriage. He was desperate to create a life for them outside of her family. But everything he tried, they kept coming in the way of. So he had a lot of baggage as well. Most women ran the second they heard he had about his kids. But I heard were two kids that desperately needed a mom. And because of the situation with my kids and their dad, mm-hmm. I saw God getting to restore some of what I had lost. Yeah we were both starting over we met in 25th march of 2015 and in may of 2015 he asked my kids if he could marry me of, of course they said yes That's and so we got cute mar- <laughs> we got married in our backyard of the house we were renting at the time on July 25th of 2015, <laughs> we said, I do. And let me tell you, I wanted to run to that altar. Mm-hmm. I, I had found my forever. 
he yeah. isn't perfect either one of us are but the day after we got married we went to the church we had started going to a few weeks prior before we got married and we had asked our pastor to pray over our marriage we had nothing when we got married we spent less than five hundred dollars on our wedding we didn't have a honeymoon we went to a local shopping area that's known for their beautiful scenery and we paid for a river ride. That was it. <laughs> we went to the mall and got pizza, me and my yeah. husband, and cheesecake. Yeah. But it's better did, that way, I think. It is. Yeah, in some ways. But what we did have was unconditional love. That's what we had. He is supportive, he listens. He notices everything. He cooks and he even cleans occasionally. He works very hard to provide for our family. Our kids are now, the boys are both 22, going to be 22 here real soon. Oh, wow. My daughter, I don't know, my daughter is 18 and his daughter is 13. Three out of the four live with us and my daughter is away at college. She... On the other hand, my daughter is a whole other episode by herself, <laughs> <laughs> but she is what I call my prodigal daughter. I haven't spoken to her or seen her much, but a handful of times in the last three years, she fell for the lies told by her father. One day I pray she will realize what I went through, what I survived. Yeah. Today, today I am doing much better. We moved out of the rent house onto some property that we ended up selling in 2020 and moved about an hour away from where I grew up. I still work in the area I grew up in because I have a clientele. Yeah. Found for, in for those that aren't hairdressers, they don't really understand how hard it is to build a clientele. Right. They just don't understand. <laughs> Uh, we found an amazing church and have an amazing church family. I host a women's Bible study in our home about once a month now. I just recently went through deliverance in our church, and now my husband is doing the same thing. That's awesome. The only, it is. It is. The only regret I have is, and that we have together, is not waiting and having a little bit bigger wedding. So we are actually, we just decided the other night, we are actually just the other day have decided for our 10 year anniversary in 2025, we will renew our vows and do it right. Aww. I want an invitation. <laughs> I'm not going to go, but I want an invitation. <laughs> That's awesome though. It is. With the second honeymoon and everything. That gives nice. us three years, lose some weight, <laughs> pay for a nice trip. Do you know where you want to go? Where? you know where you want to go? No, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Either the mountains. I'm thinking either the mountains, like Tennessee. I have a That's really where my brother got married. Yeah, like either like Tennessee maybe, or, um, or maybe 
we'll see what's happening with cruise lines but maybe see, i was thinking I'm- fiji and you're all like in the united states and i'm like fiji <laughs> would be nice they actually have um i can't remember offhand right now the name there's a lake that i don't know in montana and yeah. the all the rocks are rainbow colored i've always wanted mm-hmm. to go We, I was really hesitant about the whole, you know, 10 year, uh, renewal. Yeah. And I actually did a renewal at 10 years, but this is way different. Yeah. We are, we are both right now in a major healing process in our Mm -hmm. lives. And I just feel in three years, that's going to be a really like good, a good time. Yeah. You know, I'm actually still waiting for my husband to propose. He never did. Wow. <laughs> and I keep telling him, like, you, like, I leave my rings next to my bed. I'm like, you can just grab the engagement ring that I bought myself, picked out myself, like, weeks after we got married. I'm like, you can just, like, get down on my knee and be like, please stay married to me. He won't do it. He's like, listen, I know I didn't propose, but you married me anyways. And I'm just like, touche. But I need to grow my hair back out too. See, mm, yeah. now I got it. Now hair back out. I cut it off recently, and now I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna, if we're gonna do this the right way. I want my hair long for that. So you could do extensions to too. I could, I could, and I might let it grow a certain point and then get extensions. Yes, I might do that, but we'll see. I got three years, <laughs> but I feel I'm our hearts look will up. be ready. I'm going to be looking up like wedding updos for the next three years. Oh, okay. <laughs> In like six months, you'll just get a random picture of an updo and be like, what? <laughs> but we do know God has really big plans for us both. And I can't wait to see what God has in store for our family and for our lives. And you know, who knows what the future holds for us. I don't know. I like it that way. You know, it's like when I was with, um, still with my parents, it was like, I knew what the future was. It was pain. I didn't exactly fully understand it while I was in it, but it was just like, you know, going, like going through the motions constantly every single day. Like, but now it's like, I really never know what's going to happen. And I love it that way. The unexpected is so much fun. As long as you're yeah. with someone that is a good man and you know that the unexpected is going to be a good thing. But yeah. But yeah, I'm, I mean, it's uh, it's just kind of waiting to see what happens now and what and, and that, you know, like I said, we are we, my husband especially is really going through the whole deliberate process yeah how's how's he handling it he is doing very well that's very and in fact this coming sunday they're doing a they he's he's working on a list that's gonna be burnt in the fire this weekend so nice it's so freeing doing that i don't know why I did, yeah. I did that a couple of times, but one of the things I do is like, I'll take a shower 
and I'll pray and just think of all the things that are bothering me. And then it's like, it's so it's crazy to say, but it's like, I can feel that just dripping down into the drain with all the water. And I love yeah. it. And when I yeah. tell people to try that, they think I'm nuts. And then they get out of the shower. They're like, I felt like I just like am the cleanest I've ever been in my entire life. I was like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. There was one time I was visiting my friend and um, it was, it was during uh, when I was, I had to go back home for a funeral, but um, his mother was nearly killed in an accident and she used her settlement to open a religious store. The ones that like carry the supplies for the churches and me and him walked in, we had gotten like drunk and kind of did some stuff. Um, This was long time ago before, um, like in between my ex-husband and my current husband, we walked into her shop and she's like, you two need confession. We're like, what? We didn't do anything. (laughs) But it was, it was wild because a, um a bishop from the vatican was visiting the archdiocese and walked in like five minutes after she said that and i was like you're from the vatican (laughs) like (laughs) but he did he gave us confession and i was i walked out of there like oh my gosh that was the most amazing confession i've ever did in my life like i just feel like i took like 40 showers it's it's amazing what God can do sometimes. And I know a lot of people don't always have faith, but I do. Yeah. I don't think I would be here today if there wasn't someone up there looking out for me. Absolutely. And that's what I hope people get from my story is, um, yeah, a lot of stuff happened and I went through a lot of stuff, but I came out of it. Yeah. And I've, and I've healed. I have healed. There's not, I don't have any, I don't have any uh, resentments towards yeah. him anymore. And I don't like, I mean, I haven't had to face him in a long time. So I might feel differently if I have to see him, but I don't know. I, I just, I kind of feel like I'm at a point to where I'm like, you know, our kids are older. What are you going to do now? Yeah. Like, no, you have nothing. <laughs> our kids are grown. <laughs> like, yeah. They're, else and so it's like well I did an episode about it and um I watched the show Inventing Anna on Netflix and there's a character played by Laverne Cox Casey Duke and she said um when you're angry you're just a character in someone else's story but when you let go or let your anger go, you reclaim your own story and become your own protagonist again. When I watched yeah. that, I was like, whoa. And that's what I realized that a lot of the things like letting go of that anger, forgiveness, like all that was for me. It wasn't for them, but it was, you know, I mean, you know how my family is. It's like, if I stayed mad at them and kept on trying to reach out and all that, I'm just you know, that troubled teenager in their story, the bad person that won't keep their mouth shut, but distancing myself, then it's like they become different people and they are different people in my own story. So it's, it's hard work to get to where you are, where I am. And, 
there's no time limit. There's no perfect process. You got to do what's best for you. So I still have moments where I'm like, uh, I still have things. Sometimes I have to process occasionally, you know, um, and it's, but it's different. Like life is just different. Like, I mean, my husband builds me up today, you know, he doesn't tear me down Mm -hmm. and it took me long time for me to just accept caring that I was beautiful from him like it took a long time to not just hear it but accept it and And say thank you and believe it well it's like I felt like for a while because it was whenever they were nice and complimenting it was like um because they did something wrong so it took like a while with yeah. my husband to be like, like every time he would say something nice, he'd be like, what did you do? And then now he, I'm just so used to it. And it's like, oh, he said to me the other day when I switched to blonde, I was like, what do you think? I Do you think I look better as a blonde? Because this is the first time he's ever seen me this way. And oh, he said, that's like seeing two stars in the sky and trying to decide which one's furthest. I'm like, you are so weird when you're trying to be sweet. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, like seven, eight years ago, if he had said that, I would have been like terrified. Like, what did you do? Like, did you really go to work? Like, you know? Yeah. Like, I still have to like. I still, if I'm going to do something or change something, like cut my hair or do it different, I still kind of like, I let, it's not that I'm trying to ask him. Yeah. I'm just letting him know, like, hey, I'm about to do something that's going to change me. (laughs) And I want to make sure, like, like a disclaimer, I guess. Yeah, I do that too. Babe, you don't have to tell me. I don't care. If you want to cut your hair, cut it off. I don't care. Does he he have a beard? He does. See, what I did with my husband is if you want me to stop doing it, then I get to decorate your beard with glitter. (laughs) Well, his is real short. But, well, yeah, I can can put glitter on it. Yeah, so tell him, like, if if you don't start just, yeah, babe, that's a great idea, then I'm going to glitter your beard (laughs) while you're asleep. (laughs) well now go ahead sorry oh no i mean he's you know i mean he's he's he doesn't i forgot what i was gonna say now i kind of lost my train of thought that's okay i do that well i kind of did want to did kind (laughs) of want to wrap things up because it's you know getting a little bit long of an episode but i always ask all of my other guests that if there was one piece of advice that you could give to one of my listeners that may have gone through the same thing or is going through it, what advice would you give them? Um, wow, that's a big question. Yeah. But I have no pressure. Um, one piece of advice. It can be more than one sentence. okay don't lose yourself don't lose the mixed and oh trust your gut 
instinct on mm-hmm. ever because yeah. it's right. More than likely, nine times out of ten, you're right. And I feel like if it's if it's not right about what you think it is, it's right about something. Yes. Like there's so. something like and just and don't wait so long to leave. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to give up because you just man, the moment you do, God has so much in store. Yeah. Once he remembers you, like there's so much better things out there you know it is and I think we have a tendency when we're in the abuse to allow ourselves to continue in it because we're it's almost like we're punishing ourselves for making bad choices and it's like okay enough enough of it let's stop being a victim let's become victorious and there's only one way to do that to begin that process yeah and that is to walk exactly well I think that's amazing advice and I am so thankful that you came on and shared your story I think it's going to help a lot of people um and um I want to thank everybody for giving Colleen just as much support as you give me and as always, thank you for all the love and support. It really does make a lot or mean a lot to us survivors because we went so long being unheard. So being heard just makes more of a difference than anyone can think. So I hope y'all have a good night and I'll talk with y'all soon.